word to your mothers, everyone. This is the Sons of History podcast. I'm Dustin Bass. And I'm Alan Joaquin. And we are thrilled to have you with us on your drive, on your drive time or your bath time. Either way works with us. It's all good and clean. All good, clean, fun. All right, Alan, you ready for this week's episode, yeah? I am ready to go. Got my book, got my movie. All right. And speaking of movie, I I know, uh, listeners, you heard us mention that last time. Like, hey, how about we throw some movies in there instead of two books each? Because, by God, you know, reading four books in a week, not going to happen unless you're John Travolta on Phenomenon. Um, but that is a real rarity. Uh, so we are going to present one book each and one movie each so if anything you can at least get one out of the four taken care of over the week span so alan go ahead take it away what you got man all right we'll start with the book george washington's war by robert leckie Mm -hmm. it's a comprehensive book on the revolutionary war i read it i enjoyed it and uh, there was quite a bit of uh digression but it was mostly on the background of the characters, not so much on the thoughts of Robert Leckie himself. And it gives you a better insight of who the characters were, why they did what they did, and talked about some of the significance of some of the battles and how the attitudes of the people were. It uh, spotlighted Thomas Paine and how he changed the attitude of the colonialists from challenging the king to actually downright treason against the king by suggesting that we declare our independence. It had some dry moments, I will admit, but overall I learned quite a bit and it helped me in my understanding of just how difficult the Revolutionary War, such as why was Valley Forge such a um, bad experience for the uh, soldiers. So uh, if you want to understand about the Revolutionary War and you want a good comprehensive book, this is the this is a book that I would suggest for you. Okay, cool. You know, you actually gave me a copy of that book. I have yet to read it, but I thank you in advance. Yes. Well, you're quite welcome. I, I, I think you will enjoy it. All right. All right. Movies. All right, this is a big moment, man. This is a big moment. This is the very first time we're bringing movies into this show. So it better be a good well, one. Oh, let me tell you something. If God were to make a movie, that movie would have been Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ten Commandments. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that comes a little close, but <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia, now that's a movie. Such an incredible movie, and not only was it entertaining, great acting, mm-hmm. it also kind of gives a background of a few things, such as why the Middle East looks the way it is. Because the entire Middle East used to be run by the Ottoman Empire, otherwise known as Turkey. But uh, the British Army, they went in there along with the Arab Revolt, destroyed the Ottoman Empire, and now, you know, or I should say after after the First World War was over, that whole area was carved up. Now, Turkey still, you know, there's, there's still a Turkey, but much of what Turkey had is now part of Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Israel, Jordan, Saudi Arabia. So if you kind of want to get a background of how the modern Middle East came about, you need to watch Lawrence of Arabia. Now, here's another thing that's important, is that Alec Guinness plays King Faisal, or plays Faisal, I should say, he wasn't the king at the time. But he did later become a king. Now, his brother was a man named Abdullah. Abdullah became the king of Jordan. He was the grandfather of King Hussein, the current king of Jordan, and I think his name is Abdullah also, his great-grandfather was Abdullah, who was the brother of Faisal. So this is why um, the Hashemite family 
Camp Bennett was just known as Arabia. When the House of Saud captured Arabia in the 20s, that's when Saudi Arabia came about. Interesting. Well, I actually watched, and I mentioned this to you yesterday, I watched Lawrence of Arabia just probably two weeks ago for the first time. Uh, yeah, what'd you think? I, I really liked it. It was very good. Um, it was it's it's long, but it's a it's a long story. Um, yeah. But really, um, really quite something actually. And um, I've been going through the 100 top movies from AFI, the American Film Institute, and I'm uh-huh. I'm pretty close to being done. Uh, I'm probably going to leave one out for the rest of my life. Uh, Clockwork Orange. Not really interested in watching that. Um, but I'll watch all the other 99 uh, movies on that list. Anyways, uh, so, well, I'll jump to my book selection. Um, before, before you do, I want to mention one So my selection is called, um, it's called, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. What? Yeah, go ahead. Now go ahead. one quick thing about Arabia. Yeah, go ahead. Jump on in. Go ahead. Yeah, say it. Can you hear me? Uh huh. <laughs> 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 oh. You know, there's nothing I hate worse than someone who keeps talking while I'm interrupting. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad uh, you phrased no, it that way. <laughs> the one thing, one thing you'll notice, or one thing I should say that's missing about Lawrence of Arabia, is just that not one single woman speaks in the entire movie. Oh my. <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> it's all yours, buddy, all yours. <laughs> Why did you have to toss one up for me like that, dude? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just something, uh, it was just something that, uh, that I noticed and, I, and a couple people have mentioned was the fact that there was absolutely no dialogue uh, from any women. Now, the there are women that are doing these chants, but they're they're like up in the mountains and they're chanting to their warriors as they march off to war. But but in terms of speaking, there, there, there's nothing of the sort, which is quite interesting because. Uh, um, so I think so what you're so what you're saying mm-hmm. is that so what you're saying is that the dialogue was really good. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm not gonna say. There's so many things going through my head right now. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it before the Me Too movement. Uh, I mean, I it, it did win Best Picture. <laughs> it did win Best Picture. Yes, it did. Oh man, that is that is something else. Thank you for bringing that, <laughs> bringing that up. I think they found a. Uh, oh, you know what? Forget it. I'm just gonna go ahead and pile on. Uh, they may have found a formula for uh, what works. I don't know. Um, all right, I'll end it there. So, all right, my um, my book selection is called "The Question of God." Uh, C.S. Lewis and Sigmund Freud debate God, love, sex, and the meaning of life. This is by a Dr. Armand Nicoli, or Nikolai, um, and I am a little more than halfway through this book. And it has not taken me very long. I read this book on my walks, uh, which I try to take every day. Uh, I live out here in the woodlands, so they've got some nice paths. Um, and so I just I take this book with me. There's and a and a highlighter. And man, there's just so much good stuff in here from both sides on uh, of the debate. From you know, like it's saying, God loves sex and the meaning of life. So I really encourage people to check this book out. It's called The Question of God. Um, so, and it reads really fast. It's just a ton of information there uh, that you'll want to check out. And then my movie selection is All the President's Men. Um, this is about the Watergate scandal and Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward. Um from the Washington Post, they are, you know, they were the ones who broke the story of the uh, Watergate scandal, and it was, uh, I remember watching this a while back, you know, good, I don't know, it was a long time ago when I watched it, but, um, you know, for me, going into journalism in college, it was sort of that inspiration, like, because everybody wanted to be 
as as far as journalists, everybody wanted to be a Bob Woodward or Carl Bernstein. So, um, really, really good movie. Um, Robert Redford, Dustin Hoffman, uh, they are the lead roles. And so, if you want to check it out, you've got a 1962 movie of Lawrence of Arabia in 1976 with uh, all the presidents. Man, go check it out. You will enjoy it, I promise. So, two good I think, uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned about uh, everyone wanted to be a Bob Woodward or a, Bern, or a Carl Bernstein. And uh, I, my opinion of that is, is that reporters at that point wanted to be the news and not just report the news. Yeah, that's very different than today, I suppose. No, I think uh, if you look at how the news was prior to Woodward and Bernstein, um, you did have some famous people. CBS uh, was known for having famous people, famous reporters. Uh, Walter Cronkite in Vietnam, and you also had Edward R. Murrow, and you had William Shire. Um, now, they were famous because of the way they brought the news, but there was just something where Woodward and Bernstein made it so that reporters, instead of wanting to bring the news, they, I just got the impression that they wanted to be the news. That, that's, I well, maybe, maybe you just got the wrong impression. How so? I don't know. Maybe you just got the wrong that, impression. That's kind of how I saw it. Well, I mean, you, you, you voted for Nixon. The, the news was like a movie, uh, I think it was called movie, movie something or other. They would be, uh, they would have the news before a movie, people would go watch a movie and then they would see the news up on the screen. Are you talking and about World War II? There was music being played in the background. You're talking about World War II? Like, here's the yeah. war update? Yeah. Man, yep. get out of yeah, here. That, get out of here with that. Uh, obviously, before there, was, uh, there were TV stations. Of course. Yeah, it was bef- Yeah, it was before there were TV stations. It was before people became the news. Like... People became the news because you were the face of the news. It just sort of happens with, with television or radio. Like your voice becomes, okay, here's so-and-so, they're, they're on. Let me listen to that person. That is the person that I trust. That's the person that I want to watch. So it's, it's not so much you becoming the news as it just sort of lends itself to that property. So anyways, yeah. that's my argument for your uh, argument on somebody becoming the news okay all right you know what this is not about this is not about journalism it's not about news reporting this is about getting the freaking show started god have mercy 15 minutes in ah do you mind mister i'm gonna let me go ahead and butt in on whatever it is that needs to be discussed unbelievable all right here we go for the grace of all that is good and holy in the world hey man i can hear somebody beeping in Something you want to answer that phone call? Is that what you want to do? Or is that your wife calling? Yeah, go ahead and put it to voicemail. Send it to voicemail. It's probably somebody wanting to hear our podcast. Yeah, probably. They're going to have to wait like everybody else. They're going to have to wait. And speaking of this episode, we're going to go ahead and get started as if we hadn't already for the last 15 minutes. Thank you very much, Alan, for breaking into my movie selection and throwing in your 12 cents worth. Anyways, here we go. This is a topic of conversation that continues to be brought up, i.e. from the Democratic Party, and that is the Electoral College. Um, Should the Electoral College be done away with? Is it any good? Is it unfair? And we are going to discuss what uh, the pros and cons are of the Electoral College and the pros and cons of majority rule on the basis of presidential election. I'm Wolf Blitzer, and you're in the Situation Room. This is an NBC News special report. Here's Lester. breaking a major victory for President Trump. Attorney General Barr's letter to Congress gives us a little bit more insight into the Mueller investigation. You know what? This just in, Alan Joaquin, Attorney General Barr has released his brief, and he has given it to the Judiciary Committee. We need to have a discussion, Right. Wait, when you say released his briefs... Yeah, boxer briefs, I mean. That's that's disgusting, man. It is disgusting. But this whole situation, this whole charade has been disgusting. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the Mueller report is out and about, although it hasn't been released to the public or to Congress yet as of us having this conversation. But Attorney General William Barr has released a brief and it has been released to the public. And so the Electoral College conversation will have to wait until next week. So, Alan... You want to start this conversation on what you know about uh, the Mueller report and the recent release um, from Barr? Uh, certainly, and, and I'll be brief. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so Barr, what it's showing is that there are two main points to look at. Number one, there's no proof that there was uh, collusion between the Trump um, the Trump candidacy and with the Russians. Uh, now, they do believe that there was some kind of collusion, or not so much collusion, that, that the Russians were trying to influence the election, but that uh, they, they just could not find any proof that the, uh, that the that Trump and his people colluded with the Russians. Yeah. Now, the second thing is, is that uh, it says that they cannot exonerate him in terms of obstruction of justice, However, uh, like the Clinton issue back during her candidacy, um, they're not going to pursue any more charges. They just don't think that there's enough there to uh, go after him in the federal courts at the very least. Right. Um, Yeah, and to, to, um, I guess, quote the brief that was put out, um, Barb said... Special counsel's investigation did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with Russia in its efforts to influence the 2016 U.S. presidential election. As the report states, quote, The investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with Russian government in its election interference activities, end quote. Now, I will put, um, I want to throw out some numbers here that Barr, um, put into his brief and says in the report, the special counsel noted that in completing his investigation, he employed 19 lawyers who were assisted by a team of approximately 40 FBI agents, intelligence analysts, forensic accountants, and other professional staff. The special counsel issued more than 2,800 subpoenas, executed nearly 500 search warrants, obtained more than 230 orders for communication records, issued almost 50 orders authorizing use of pen registers, made 13 requests to foreign governments for evidence, and interviewed approximately 500 witnesses. So there was a lot that was going on over the past two years. This investigation has been going on for quite some time. And from the right side, the Republican side, it has been an investigation that has gone on uh, far too long and has been noted as a quote-unquote, well, by President Trump, he was calling it for the longest time a witch hunt, even uh, as of this weekend, he's been calling it that. Um, And then by some of the conservative Republicans, or just Republicans in general, they've called it a a fishing expedition because it took so long. Um, And so, what do you think about the length of time that all of this took place, um... Do you think that that was an appropriate time, um, the two years that went went through, or do you think the ends justify the means? What are your thoughts? Well, I thought, in my opinion, that, um, and, and it's not a qualified opinion, here's why. I thought, in my opinion, it lasted too long. However, I am not a prosecutor. I'm not an investigator. I don't know exactly what goes into an investigation of this sort. So mm-hmm. therefore, for me to sit and say it took too long or that should have been done in a year, I, I just, that's not a qualified uh, response. Right. So I think that the best way to answer that question is if you talk to a regular prosecutor. Right. And, um, and get their opinion if they think that this, if this took too long. So I, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Well, I, I want to mention uh, something that's in the Federal Registry. Uh, it's requirements for the special counsel, according to Volume 64 of the Federal Registry. 
37038, uh, section 600.3, qualifications of the special counsel says this, an individual named as special counsel shall be a lawyer with a reputation for integrity and impartial decision making and with appropriate experience to ensure that both the investigation will be conducted ably, expeditiously, and thoroughly, and that investigative and prosecutorial decisions will be supported by an informed understanding of the criminal law and Department of Justice policies. Um, I think it was conducted thoroughly, and I don't think that anybody on either side of the aisle, um, Republicans or Democrats, can go after um, Robert Mueller and say he wasn't capable or he wasn't the man for the job. Now, I do know that there are uh, suspicions or there was uh, there were questions thrown out there, especially from the Republican Party, on his selection of people who were part of his investigation team um, because of their ties to the Democrat Party and to the Clintons themselves. Um, but aside from that, uh, going to my... My question to you, do the ends justify the means? I don't know if the ends justify the means. I think that, yes, as far as the stakes, the stakes were so high because this is the highest office uh, in America and arguably the highest office in the world uh, as far as power goes. And to have not just um, internal American collusion, uh, to, but to have an outside source of, of Russia, which, you know, for the longest time has been enemy number one from a country standpoint uh, with America. Uh, obviously, that can be debated with North Korea or Iran, but, you know, I mean, Russia is the big, that's that's the big one on, that's the big one on the plate. Um, so I think just the, the stakes were so high as an, as an outsider, as an extreme outsider, you're looking at it and you're thinking, you know, this needs to wrap up soon, especially if you've already come to your conclusion. So, and I think a lot of the people, um, the American people thought, you know, it was a foregone conclusion that Donald Trump had committed collusion. And then there was a foregone conclusion that Donald Trump was not, um, he did not con collude with the Russians. So you had the 50-50 thing uh, with people who believed and people who did not believe that he was involved in any type of collusion with Russia. And so with that, I'm like, one year, two years, as long as you, and, and with the numbers that um, the special counsel put forth on what all that they did over these these two years, I think that that fits um, with what the the Federal Registry you know, demands of being an expeditious and thorough investigation. Thoughts? Well, I want to say that I think it says something about our country where you have an independent investigation mm -hmm. led by a man who clearly did not like the president. I mean, he was friends with Comey. Right. And he hired a group of men, and I, I don't know if there were any women in this uh, in his uh, camp, but uh, he hired a group of men who also clearly did not like the president. Right. And they came to the conclusion that there was no collusion. I think that says a lot about our country. Yeah. Because the we... In, the integrity of it. Right, right. It, it basically says that Nobody is is um, above the law, right? And I think that it will impress many people around the world. Wow, the United States, uh, you know, they, you know, I don't know, I don't know what they'd be saying. Most of them will be speaking in a foreign language, mind you. But uh, I just think it, it shows how it shows how the United States is really an open country. It's it's a democratic country, and uh, you know we, we don't have we don't have a Hitler running the show. We don't have a, right. a dictator running the show. Yeah, uh, we are truly a, a nation of laws. So, yeah, I wanted to now, reiterate that we are a nation of laws, and for Mueller and everyone else involved in that investigation, it was the law supersedes 
our dislikes, our, um, our interest for maybe you know, a particular party. All of that is superseded by the law of the land and the laws that have been, been written and the laws that have, have described and prescribed how Mueller and his team should do their job. You know, I think if uh, if this was led by a group of Republicans, now I know Mueller was a Republican, but but his team was not. And if if there were pro-Trump people in his group, I think people would then the critics would then say, well, of course they're not going to find evidence of collusion because these are Trump's men. Yeah. But because these were not Trump's men, that these were people who were really anti-Trump, I think it should set the record straight. And I'm actually kind of surprised by some of the reactions that I'm seeing in the news right now coming from the Democratic leaders because, I mean, this is a pretty thorough investigation and many of them are saying, well, we don't, we don't care what the findings say. We still think Trump is uh, guilty. Right, but... In, in their defense, in the defense of the Democratic Party, the Democrats do not like, and you could say hate, President Trump. Um, they want him out of office and impeached, regardless of what the Mueller report was going to say. And, and, and you already knew, and I say you, but in general, we already knew that that would be the case from the Democrat Party that they would, regardless of the outcome, obviously, fingers crossed that, that President Trump would be found for collusion with, with Russia. But regardless, and you and I had this conversation um, in one of our early uh, or earlier episodes about impeachment of the president. Will they impeach the president? And I made the statement that, well, they could pretty much Im- impeach him on anything. And you go, well, no, it can't be anything. And really... It can be just about on anything. If they don't like the president and they come together as a group because they hold a relatively large majority of the House, they can go ahead and say, we are going to impeach this president. Um, and because you know in the, in the Constitution, it says high crimes and misdemeanors. And so it's very vague. It's nondescript on exactly what um, can be used to impeach a president. So um, I think the impeachment process is going to continue um, moving forward. They will find something. And um, it's not so much that they're, the Democrats are saying, well, we don't care what the Mueller report says. I think they care about what the Mueller report says and, re- and they agree and they're just going to have to go along with the, the fact that there was no Russian collusion but now, and I think for the past probably year, the whole idea of the obstruction of justice, okay, and that's something that we can hang our hat on. Let's see where that goes. And that hat is still hanging um, af- even after this report um, because it was more or less Mueller saying, well, um, I couldn't find anything, but I'm going to pass it on over to the attorney general to make that decision. Congress is going to pick that up. And, and go from there. It says uh, in the report regarding obstruction of justice, it says the special counsel therefore did not draw a conclusion one way or the other as to whether the examined conduct constituted obstruction. Um, so we'll, we'll see what is going to take place from there. Um, but I, I fully anticipate the the House going ahead, going ahead and moving forward with an investigation into obstruction of justice? I think so, too, but I don't think that there will be an impeachment. In fact, I'm willing to bet you uh, everything I own that they will not have an impeachment. I think okay. what they're going to do is they're going to change their tactics. They know that there is a political price to pay when you impeach a president, especially uh, when a investigation from an independent counsel can't find any evidence. People right now are ready to move on, in my opinion. I think, you know, not the Democrats, but the independents, certainly the Republicans. But I think you have to look at what the independents think. Now, the independents are like, okay, it's two years, you found nothing, time to move on. Democrats, no, 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 we still need to investigate. 
But the independents are going to be paying attention. And I think Nancy Pelosi is politically smart enough, so is Chuck Schumer, and they're going to know that any type of push for an impeachment, there will be consequences in the next general election. I think what the tactics they're going to use right now is that they will continue with some of the investigations. I don't think they're going to make a big deal about it, but I think what they're going to try to do at this point is whatever evidence they find, they're going to pass it off to the Southern District of New York and let it be more of a state case rather than a federal case. Because a state case cannot be pardoned by the president. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, maybe. Um, I think that's a really good theory. Uh, very doable. But since you went ahead and put everything on the table that you own... I'm going to go ahead and take you up on that offer. Um, so, yeah, I bet you that they will. I bet nothing on my on my behalf, uh, but I will go ahead, win or lose, um, try out to see if I can't get everything that you own. So. Okay, well, you know, I, I've given everything to Jennifer, so therefore... Um, so I get Jennifer. Okay, to, cool. All right. Even, well. even, even if I were to lose, <laughs> you get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> it's all there, black and white, sing, clear I'm as crystal. Not gonna, I'm not gonna sing the Candyman song. I appreciate it. Let's see. It here's a here's the one of the last lines um, in here that is from uh, Attorney General Barr. Uh, it says, after reviewing the special counsel's final report on these issues, consulting with department officials, including the Office of Legal Counsel, and applying. The principles of federal prosecution that guide our charging decisions, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and I have concluded have concluded that the evidence developed during the special counsel's investigation is not sufficient to establish that the president committed an obstruction of justice offense. Our determination was made without regard to and is not based on the constitutional considerations that surround the indictment and criminal prosecution of a sitting president. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that Congress is going to have a real hard time with that one as they are already showing. But, uh, for our listeners who are wondering what is, what does attorney general Barr mean when he says the constitutional considerations that surround the indictment and criminal prosecution of a sitting president, um, 24, uh, this is more or less just this is what it means. A sitting president's amenability to indictment and criminal prosecution. So um, this is more or less what it's saying is the indictment of criminal prosecution of a sitting president would unconstitutionally undermine the capacity of the executive branch to perform its constitutionally assigned functions. So sitting president's not going to um, be indicted, can't indict a, a sitting president. Um, can something come up later on after they are out of office? Possibly so, yeah. But uh, just in case uh, readers were wondering what that meant. And readers, uh, readers, why do I keep saying readers? Like, what, what, what is this, a blog? Um, listeners, I do want to make mention and reiterate in all of our episodes, whenever the, whenever the opportunity uh, sort of reveal, gives itself, uh, to us, we always put in our source information uh, into our um, episodes. So if you're on Apple or Stitcher or whatever, uh, if you click on the episode itself, a lot of times that there is more information and resources that you can go to and, and read more. So there's going to be a lot on on this episode. So, anyways, go ahead. What did you wanted to add? Anything else, dude? On this? Yeah. The, well, yeah. Part of this. Uh reminds me of uh, the Italian uh, or the former Italian Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi um, kind of reminds me a lot of Trump he was a he was a media tycoon himself and a uh, very rich man and after his term was up uh, they went after him and uh, the same thing that they're doing I think with the Italian I'm sorry the Israeli uh, Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu where they want him to resign and then go after him mm -hmm. for uh, for charges. So um, 
still going to be of the opinion that their, their, their tactic is going to be that they are not going to file, that the Democrats are not going to file federal, char- federal charges against him. They are going to try to get state charges filed against him because then a sitting president, let's say, um, whoever, you know, let, let's say Trump loses in 2020. Mm-hmm. In 2024, if a Republican wins, they will not have the, the uh, power to pardon uh, Trump because they are going to have state charges directed against uh, President Trump. I think that that's what the tactic is going to be. And they're going to try to do the same thing, I think, to his family. I believe that they are going to, whatever evidence that they find in the House, they're going to give that to the state. And I think, um, if, if I'm not mistaken, much of what was found against Trump's people who were indicted, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm of the opinion that they, were, they, that they were not federal charges, that they were state charges because like, they were given to the Southern District of New York. I, do, you, do you know anything on that? No. Okay. Something, something that we'll have to research, but, uh, I think that they want the charges to stick and they don't want any uh, part. I think they, they want these people to go to prison. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a good chance that um, some of these people will. Um, and honestly, I mean, look, if you're if you're guilty of a crime, um, high, especially a high crime involving, you know, this type of, uh, at, this, at this high level, uh, yeah, prison time is probably... Um, Probably a necessity. So, look, from the beginning, I was like, look, if, if President Trump did collude with Russia, and, like, and I was, I would hope that everybody felt the same way, he needs to be thrown in, you know, to the lions. You know, it, anybody who, were, who would do something like this, um, they need to be, they need, justice needs to be served, uh, without a doubt. But if, I was like, if he's not, and we're just, you know, people are just doing this just for the sake of, you know, trying to delegitimize the the presidency, um, there needs to be recourse for that too. But, you know, we are where we are right now, um, and who knows if the report will come out fully, and in that regard, I wonder how much is there to come, because there are uh, sort of rules and regulations of how much can be released from the full Mueller report. Um, and he does mention that, Barr does mention that in his brief. But he ended with saying, as I have previously stated, however, I am mindful of the public interest in this matter. For that reason, my goal and intent is to release as much of the special counsel's report as I can, cons- I can consistent with applicable law, regulations, and departmental policies. So there are um, laws that restrict certain things um, from being released to the public. So that apparently is being reviewed right now um, within the, I guess, the DOJ. Uh, But what are your thoughts on, you know, Congress has already voted like, yeah, we want the whole report to be released to Congress um, and it hasn't been released to Congress yet. What are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, Jerry Nadler, uh, who is the uh, House Judiciary Committee Chairman, and uh, Adam Schiff, they're not going to let this go. No, Adam Schiff is, yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could, but, you could hear the sarcasm in my voice. <laughs> well, I, I, I think they're, uh, you know, I'll tell you, the, the, the freshman, I was talking with a friend of mine who was a liberal mm-hmm. about... Uh, what his thoughts were on the Democratic Party. Now, he's not a leftist. He's a liberal. There's a difference. Right. And he was very uneasy about what he's seen coming from the Democratic Party, which is uh, this uh, freshman class of uh, socialists. Right. And if they push things and they demand things, they're, they're, there are, you know, Nancy Pelosi is, like I said, I'm not a fan of hers, but politically she's no dummy. Right. You know, she didn't 
to where she was by being a stupid uh, person. But I think, you know, she, she is on the one hand trying to keep that freshman class happy. On, on the other hand, she's looking long term. We want to gain more power. And the only way that we're going to gain more power is, is that it'll be a bad idea for us to impeach the president. So she's got to balance the whole thing. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't know which way uh, Schiff and Nadler are going to go. I, I, I think Schiff, he's in Cal, he's from California. I think he's going to, I think he's going to try to push for impeachment. But you've got to remember, Pelosi is still the power there. Right. Yeah. Pelosi is 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 still in power. I just, you know. Uh, well, will they go to impeachment? I'm. I think that they're going to continue to push and, and investigate internally now. Um, and I just think that they. I think that they will. I think that. I think that hatred um, is is blinding, and I think that the Democratic Party, in a large pocket of it, hate President Trump so much that it will blind them from just being rational and acting rational, um, that they will take something and go for, for impeachment. Um, and I, I, that's just the way, that's just the way I see it. I think that they want it so much that they will make it happen. Even if let's say that president Trump did do something that is an impeachable offense. Um, I, I think that they would, I think that they would, push for it before um, they would even find it. I, that, that's what I'm, I just think that they want it so much that they're going to make it happen regardless of, of, of what grounds they are. I think that they were, they were holding out for this, this Mueller probe um, to see what took place so they, they could, you know, all right, now we can, now we can move, move on with impeachment. And now that that has been foiled, but the door is still open to obstruction of justice. Um, well, I, I think that they're gonna they're gonna walk through that door and now try to. Well, you took two years. We're gonna get this done in six months. Uh, so that's just the way I see it. What do you think about the reactions from both sides, liberals, Democrats, uh, Republicans, conservatives, as far as um, politicians and as far as the talking heads from some of the the news organizations? Have you have you looked well, into I, any of that? I I think that. Uh there's there's something about the way that they're saying well okay it's not over it's not over mm-hmm. uh, we you know I, I I saw a video clip where um, uh, what's that what's that lady's name from MSNBC oh man uh, she's got God, the she's got the name. the boy haircut the one with, she's the one with the short hair yeah yeah she, you know the guy's haircut Maddow, Rachel 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 Maddow Rachel Maddow, yeah. Rachel Maddow was on the verge of Years. Yeah, she's a good crier. Yeah, and uh, and then that other guy. Oh God, you know I don't even know why I'm forgetting everybody's names now. The old, the older gentleman, the Jimmy one who Stewart, said that when he hears uh, <laughs> Obama speaking, it uh, he feels something crawling up his leg. Stupid. <laughs> 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 Whatever that guy's name is. From uh, where? Watch them. That's why I can't remember their name. <laughs> from from what? He was, uh, he was upset, saying, "How could they just let?" How could they just do this? And you know, all these years of uh, and all this money and you know, investigating him, and and they're just they're just gonna let him off the hook. So let him off the hook. It just doesn't let him off the hook. <laughs> like the inv- you can't you don't have an investigation if you're predetermined. And I will quote Thomas Jefferson in his. Um, in, in one of his letters before the, the Declaration of Independence, but he was, that's one of the things, like, predetermined to condemn. That was the whole uh-huh. issue um, during the American Revolution. Like, people were being taken away from America, sent over to London, or just being put into one of those um, tribunals, and these judges were predetermined to condemn. So that's what you're wanting to get back to is the very reason why one of the many reasons why we wanted our independence is so we can get back to that. Like just because you don't like somebody, you're going to predetermine uh, to condemn the person to to whatever and find them guilty regardless if they're guilty or not. That's what I'm talking about as far as like hating somebody so much, you remove all rationale. 
and you go ahead and make a decision say this is for the betterment of the country. Um, it's one of those, I guess, to reference the Duke University scandal that took place about 15 years ago where the, the prosecutor said it, it, it wasn't true, but it should be true. Yeah, and he lost his uh, license for it, too. Yeah, he lost everything. Uh, yeah, he did. Chris Matthews, that, that's the, that's the uh, reporters. Well, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. hardball guy. The, the guy from uh, MSNBC, Chris yeah. Matthews, is the one who made that comment. And yeah, uh, the whole presumption of innocence is thrown out the window. When when I think about, uh, you know, like the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, mm-hmm. where there, there was they, they already found him guilty before... Before yeah. anybody spoke. Yeah. That's a scary thing, man. Because you're going back to the things that you hate in order to better your party. And that's the scary thing. That's the scary time that we're in is that it's all about the party. And if I'm not mistaken, in Russia, during the revolution, the Russian revolution, and 50 to 60 years later, it was all about the party. Uh, so... We have to be very careful about that. I did look at some of the online, uh, the website, as far as CNN and Fox. I looked on there for their headlines, and the headlines are always pretty telling. Um, and this, they're, so the the CNN headline, I sometimes I look on there and I, it, I find it somewhat laughable at times, especially when things of political nature or social issues come up, uh, but... Their headline says, Mueller did not find Trump conspired with Russia. And I looked at that and I'm like, see, that's sort of a two-way, um, it's a two-fold way of, of, of stating something. They did not find Trump conspired with Russia. Now, you can look at it and then say, well, yeah, um, Mueller didn't find anything that showed that he had conspired with Russia. But you can also look at that same line and make the conclusion that, okay, so there was collusion there or conspiracy there. It's just that Mueller didn't find it. And that just sort of popped out to me um, right at the top. Like, it's, it's one of those real tricky ways with the words. And that's something that we studied in, in college in, um, during, during our journalism classes was the way – um, that pictures were taken or the way that headlines were, were written that you could tell uh, sort of skewed the story. Um, so, and another one that said Mueller uh, from CNN, it says live updates. Mueller also did not have sufficient evidence to prosecute obstruction of justice, but he did not exonerate the president. Like, okay. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, and Fox sort of follows in line with that semi, uh, that subhead. It says, probe finds no proof of Trump campaign collusion with Russia, no conclusion on it on obstruction, bar letter. Now look, I know that Fox leans way more right uh, than the middle, but that one is was a bit more forthcoming. It's like, you, hit, you still have, have both. And even the subhead... Um, even the subhead from CNN is more forthcoming, but that main header just really stood out to me as like, okay, that's that's a little twisty. Yeah, I heard, uh, I, I went through the uh, Drudge Report and I saw many of the headlines, and Maxine Waters is, uh, she's not too happy. <laughs> no. She, she goes, this is not the end. We must continue. I don't think she has a lot to do. She didn't, apparently she didn't have much to do except run around and, and yell and scream the whole time over in California. Because all the things that I hear of her yelling, and I remember reading this about a year and a half ago, um, and she was saying, my soul, more or less, this is what she's saying, my, my soul purpose right now is to impeach the president. Like, that's all I'm going to be working on. I'm like, dude, like, lady, you've got a lot more, I would think. You've been in... In politics for so long, now you're going to just put all your your eggs in this one basket. But I assume that you know she's going to get reelected because you know she's a representative and she's been continually put into her office for a long time. Right. Now, right. I, and she, all she has to please is her constituents, and her constituents 
probably all support uh, impeachment anyway. Yeah, correct. Now, I will go on the on the other extreme um, with President Trump. He tweeted out something, um, and it said he said, "No collusion, no obstruction, complete and total exoneration. Keep America great." Now, I'm like, well, either you didn't read the brief, or <laughs> you just don't really care what it says, because. It shows that, yes, there is no collusion, but it didn't say anything about no obstruction, and it doesn't say anything about complete and total exoneration. So even with that, uh, coming from the president himself, uh, who is not a stranger to hyperbole, um, has really gone on you know, to say something that is you know, equally misleading. I'm sure he's still breathing a sigh of relief right now. Oh, definitely. You got that. The big one is the big one's out of the way. Um, so that's that's huge for, or should I say, huge for him? Huge, huge, yeah. bigly. That is bigly, man. Yeah, so he's gonna he's gonna mock uh, he's gonna mock people like Nadler and Schiff and as he always other, does. Uh, delegates in Congress, uh, low IQ individual. <laughs> yeah, I mean this. this was a good week for Trump. He had not only the uh, Mueller report come out, uh, but he also had ISIS. Uh, all ISIS territory was finally liberated. So right. this, this was a good. This was a good week for Trump. Yeah, definitely, definitely was a good week for him. Uh, another thing that I, I wanted to ask you um, in regard to something that uh, President Trump said. He's called the investigation itself an illegal takedown that failed. What do you think about that? As far as an it being illegal, an, an illegal takedown, an illegal takedown that failed. Do you? What are your thoughts on it being an illegal takedown? Well, there. No, I wouldn't call it an illegal takedown. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did not approve of some of the things that I saw. I I really felt that this was kind of a vendetta by the Democrats against him. They're still angry about the 2016 election. And many of uh, the people that conducted the investigation were Hillary's people. Having said that, they found no proof. And I think at this point, Trump should have a sigh of relief. And I think that the people who hate Trump need to understand that these were anti-Trumpers going after him. They found nothing. Game over. Yeah, it's time to move on. Right. Yeah, I know. I agree. I agree that it wasn't an illegal move. I think that it was mm-hmm. done. Um, I think it was. I don't want to say it was done with uh, their hearts were in the right place because I don't think that was really the case. But I think that it was done out of necessity. I think there were just. So that 2016 election was so just, just ripe, you know, rife with just from the Democrat party to the Republican party, just too many things. And then a lot of that just pointed to the Russians. I think that an investigation was, um, was necessary. Um, in that regard, however, I think that, and this has been talked about for so long, I think that there should have been more of an investigation into the Democratic Party uh, as well in the Hillary Clinton campaign, but that's now null and void, more or less. Uh, okay. But I think I think that this was an investigation that, that needed to happen. Um, and like you said, President Trump needs to breathe a sigh of relief. If anything, I think he needs to, you know, I don't think he should write a thank you card to... Um, Mueller, because that would seem very odd, but in his mind, he needs to write Mueller a thank you card because he's he's completed it um, in a two-year span, so he can get on with the rest of the final two years of this uh, of his term and move forward as well as possible now that this is out of the way, but you know that the Democrats are going to be coming in with you know some other stuff, but I don't think that's going to be nearly... 
uh, as 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 big as the the Russia collusion uh, issue. Rudy Giuliani is calling for a complete investigation uh, on where these collusion claims originated from. Do you think that's a good idea? You mean like uh, the steel do- the steel dossier? Yeah, all that. I I think uh, we need to investigate that. I, I think that there was an illegal move. Uh, here's here's why. The steel dossier was the reason why the FISA warrants came about. Right. So something fishy is going on here with this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So if the uh, if they knew that that this was all from the steel dossier, which was funded by the Clinton campaign, then clearly something there was illegal. And I think that that's the direction it's now going to go. And who knows? The cards could uh, or the tables could turn, and the people that were making the accusations now could be the ones that are in trouble. Yeah. No, and, and that's why I was saying, like, I think that that should have been going on at the same time uh, during this this investigation of President Trump and his campaign. I think that one, I think the Clinton campaign investigation should have continued instead of Comey saying, well, okay, you're good. Um, that was real, real wonky. Um, speaking of Comey, James Comey, he tweeted out a... a among others, <laughs> he said, gosh, he, he, he tweeted out a picture of trees, and then he wrote, so many questions. I'm like, really? Coming from the guy who uh, can't answer anything directly, of course you're going to have a lot of questions. Right. Um, Cory Booker made, uh, made the statement, um, this report should be made public immediately. Well, as mentioned by Barr in that brief, there are certain things that need to be looked at as far as like what needs sort of to be redacted. Um, are there things in there that can't be released? Um, because there are laws and rules um, that he, as he stated in their policies, that uh, require that, hey, some of this stuff can't be released to the public or released to Congress. What are your thoughts on this report being released immediately into the public and all that? Well, as long as there's nothing that is uh, considered, uh, you know, dealing with national security, I think that they need to release it. Um, Now, is it going to shut people up, the ones who are complaining the most? I doubt it. Mm -hmm. You're never going to please them. But... If you're looking at the, uh, if you're looking at the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the independent voter, I think this is the route you're going to have to go. Hey, you want to pick up that phone call? Well, that's uh, that's my wife. Unfreaking believable, man. You do you want me to take it? She just, uh, yeah. Let me, let me. uh, No, no, don't take it. What is wrong with you? We're in the middle of a of a episode (laughs) here. Send her a text. Jeez, Louise. I don't know if I want to have that on the show. Maybe we'll maybe we'll edit this out, but I doubt it. I'm very doubtful. Unbelievable. This is what I got to do with your unprofessionalism. Um, unprofessionalism? Yeah, that's what I said. You heard it. Why? Because why? Because I want to speak to my wife during a podcast. No, because your wife wants to speak to you during a podcast. That is kind of silly. That is kind of silly. Unbelievable. Schumer and Pelosi made the statement uh, that this. Uh, this brief or this this report uh, it raises as many questions as it answers. Uh, that was a quote from Schumer and Pelosi. Um, yeah, I could I could see that because I think there were only two questions: uh, Was President Trump and his campaign involved in Russia collusion, and was there obstruction of justice? Well, you got one answer, and now you probably have a couple of more questions. So. Yeah, I'd say that there are a few more questions out there, um, but I don't really like. I think it's pretty silly to say, "Oh, now you know." Saying this raises as many questions as it answers is really saying we're just beginning. This is just the start of it all. Like, would you would you please just you know let's wait for the whole report to come out? But no, I will say. 
I think that the whole report needs to come out. It needs to be made public, much like the Kenneth Starr report. Um, it needs to be made public to the American people and to Congress uh, for them to for them to look at thoroughly and see where we go from see where we go from here. I agree. I agree. I, I do. I do agree that that that's the way to go. I think that is, like I said, it, it will finally um, for the independent, for even for many of the Republicans. I think it will. It'll be a form of closure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. And as 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 always, we end on a scripture. Um, so, was there anything else that you wanted to mention before I jump into this scripture? Amen to that. Um, all right, Proverbs twenty four twenty three says this: These also are sayings of the wise. To show partiality in judging is not good. So, listeners, whether you're a liberal or a conservative, a Democrat, an independent, or a Republican, with this Trump situation going on, and with any situation that takes place in your life. Don't let partiality play such a role in how you judge a situation or how you judge a person. Because I know that a lot of people, and a lot of people that I know personally, judged the outcome of President Trump, and we'll reference uh, Justice Kavanaugh as well, as being guilty, 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 guilty. Strictly because of their party affiliation. That's a scary, scary thing. We cannot, as American people, we cannot, as good citizens of this country, conduct ourselves accordingly um, with those, those, that mindset. We just can't do it. Because that leads to chaos, and it will lead to destruction. It will lead to the destruction of our laws. It will lead to the destruction of... The Constitution, it will lead to the destruction of our rights because rights will no longer exist. It will all be party related. Amen. You agree with that, Alan? Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think, uh, you know, there are times when, yeah, you want to see, you, you kind of want to see somebody found guilty, mm-hmm. but you have to give someone the of innocence, yeah. regardless. And um, if we if we just automatically assume people are guilty, then this is going to be like the, uh, the the Salem witch trials, or it's going to be uh, what we saw in uh, Soviet Union or Nazi Germany or mm-hmm. any other dark time in history where people were just automatically found guilty and uh, done away with. That, that's it. You're yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can, we, we might chuckle, we might laugh at people that we hate, but then if the tables have turned and uh, it's one of us or it's even me yeah. who is uh, on trial, we want that presumption of innocence. Right. Yeah, we have to have it. And that's an American right. So mm-hmm. That is a right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Are you done, sir? I'm done. Okay. All right. Are you going to call your wife as soon as you get off the uh, this episode here? I will. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm sure you're very excited about that. Hey, tell her thanks uh, for, for interrupting the show twice. Uh, I will scold her. And yeah. I'll tell her that, uh, that in your attempt to take everything that I own, that you also wanted to scold her for the whole thing. Yes, yeah, if you could. Um, tell her not to be upset, though. Tell her not, tell her not to be angry at me. Uh, I'll, I'll let her come to that conclusion. <laughs> All right. All right, listeners, thank you so much. Um, and next week, we will uh, have that conversation and discussion about uh, the Electoral College. So that's going to be a fun uh, episode. Where can they find us? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. And www.thesonsofhistory.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now 
it comes to an end. Are you going to say goodnight or something? No. That, you know, look, I'm going to just... I think we've uh, made our point. I think people realize we're done. <laughs> I'll let them uh, leave in peace. All right. Goodbye. I don't have to, don't have, to have the last thing. Well, you've had the last say like the last 20 episodes, so... Okay. Thought you wanted to keep it alive. No, we, we no, hope, that hope, time is we done. Hope we, we hope we educated and entertained, and God bless you. And God bless. There we go.